0: It's Friday night and the moon is bright. Gonna have some fun, so you eyes down, not Welcome to week 189 of the Two Guys in a Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis.
1: Good morning, Steve.
0: Good morning. Um, good morning. Hey everyone, welcome to our show.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody.
0: It's a brand new one. We've got uh, lots a lots of beautiful morning out there. People to talk about and lots of Sunshine shows. Is- Lots of shows copying other shows this week. That's what it's seems Bird like. singing. They're out there. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about TGIF that aired 30 years ago. And before we do that, let's do a couple other things. Thanks, Duke, for the theme song this week. Duke. Thank you, Duke. You can send in your own TGIFcast at gmail.com. While you're doing that, follow us on all social media at TGIFcast. Uh, we are officially going to be at uh, AwesomeCon. Is that the right one? Yeah. AwesomeCon right in D.C., uh, Father's Day, Juneteenth weekend, um, so get your tickets, see us there, more info to come. Um, so we got some episodes to talk about, before we do that, let's see what was going on in the world 30 years ago, and uh, hopefully all these dates are good, they should be. April 24th <laughs> was uh, Farm Aid 6, I didn't even realize they did that many, I don't know how six. many, I have no idea how many they did, but it uh, was a 6.
1: I didn't know there was more than one.
0: Yeah, I don't think they got as much attention as the first one did. But uh, let's see. I had a list of uh, performers for you. Yeah, at least like the headliners.
1: Uh, Arlo Guthrie, Asleep at the Wheel, The Jayhawks, Jan Arden, Lyle Lovett, Johnny Cash, Neil Young, Ricky Van Shelton, John Mellencamp, Willie Nelson. I'm just going to skip the ones I know. Charlie Daniels Band, Martina McBride, Bruce Hornsby, Brian Adams, Ringo Starr, Highwayman, Dwight Yoakam.
0: Yeah. All those people were there. That was uh, and it took place this year uh, in Ames, Iowa.
1: I to say probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in Ames, Iowa.
0: So good for you if you went to that uh, yeah. March or April 25th. Uh, I consider this kind of the start of the uh, of the New England Patriots dynasty that was of the uh, 90s and 2000s and even further than that. Uh, the first pick in the NFL draft went to the new England Patriots when they took drew Bledsoe as the number one pick now.
1: So the, okay. All right. I, I don't, again, we've talked about this, not much of a, of a football person, but you considered drew Bledsoe to be the, the start
0: of it, I think.
1: Okay. Cause they were, okay. they were right.
0: good with drew Bledsoe. And I think uh, I'm not,
1: yeah, I'm not arguing. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously it was different with Tom Brady, but he took over drew Bledsoe drew Bledsoe was good when he was there. They were setting up the team for him. And, uh, it all started April the twenty fifth, nineteen
1: ninety three. They're still doing farm aid. They really? farm aid. There was a Farm Aid. a Farm twenty twenty two down in Raleigh.
0: So it doesn't really mean anything anymore.
1: Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, Dave Matthews, and Tim Reynolds, Chris Stapleton, Sheryl Crow. This was
0: last year's lineup. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Well, I
1: don't okay. know. All right. It's going um, strong. It's going strong.
0: One more story for you sorry uh april 26th uh 1993 i know we talked about like the late night mix up going on with like leno and letterman and everything well Mm
1: -hmm, on mm -hmm. the
0: 26th of 93 that's when they announced that conan o'brien would be replacing david letterman on late night
1: that's the that's late night is like but there's late night and then there's late late right or is late night the latest of the late nights no, there's
0: the late late show, and late night is what like Letterman and Conan were on, and then after that were like uh, Craig Kilborn and uh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Like did Conan last long on that show? Because I felt like he was always a late late guy.
0: No, he was late night with Conan O'Brien. That was his show.
1: Okay, okay, I, you know I don't know much about late night. Shows. And he was on,
0: he was on there for a good time.
1: Okay, cool.
0: But you know what? For- Maybe that was no because Leto. Hmm, now you're mixing me up.
1: I, I, I'm don't let me confuse you because I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: Because co- David Letterman and Conan were not going head to head. It was David Letterman and Leno that were going head to head. And then Conan was on after one of the after Leno was.
1: That's so, kind of why I thought maybe he was like a. He Maybe wasn't on the late show for very long. And then he moved to. There's the Tonight
0: Show and then there's a the late show. And then there's the late, late show. And then there's some other show that's not named i don't really care conan o'brien was announced april 26 1993. what about movies and music what do we got this week
1: uh no changes so movie is still in decent proposal we got a couple more weeks of that and then this is the last week of informer by snow before we get a new song for a couple weeks
0: i'm excited about that and i'm also excited to talk about four shows this week it's been a while since we've had four new ones these are all the ones that actually aired on this as yeah, a real week day what was the day they actually aired what was the date
1: yeah that would have been uh friday April 30th, 1993.
0: It all started off at 8 o'clock, season 4, episode 22 of Family Matters called Hot Stuff. And it starts off. She's back. We got Laura in the kitchen. Steve calls for her. Um, She tries to escape, but he sees her. And you know what? He says he's got some bad news for her. Uh, Heartbreaking. The bad news is Myra wants him and wants him bad. And uh, she's like, This is great news, Steve. It's great. And he's like, no, she complains too much, and she just keeps saying how she loves my body, and, uh, Laura, of course, thinks all this is real sweet, but, uh, she asks, uh, why it's bothering Steve, and he, like, you know what, it was always my plan to marry you, and, uh, it's not happening and maybe if we get married right now it'll end this whole myra thing of course laura's like no that's not happening
1: my my favorite thing that steve says here is that she's she's just being so obsessive she she's transferred into my english i think it was english doesn't matter transferred into my english class and laura's like well that sounds nice what's wrong with that he's like she doesn't even go to our school yeah that's good that's great
0: um but then he's like you know what though myra is hard to resist i mean she's hot too just like me and uh If it's too much, Mount Urkel is about
1: to erupt. (laughs) I think Steve's making the right call here. You do? Go with Myra. Oh,
0: making the right call going with Myra. He hasn't made that call yet.
1: Well, he's. I mean, he is right in this. He's he's letting her know that it's happening. It's, you know, if Laura's going to just reject him again, he's out.
0: Yeah, so the next scene, we've got Eddie. He's out in the back working on his car. And then uh, up pulls this like crazy pickup truck with a crazy (laughs) sound system in the back. It's Waldo driving. Weasel's in there too. And I mean, when I say crazy, all the speakers and amps and everything, they're on the outside of this truck.
1: There's literally, if if there was a space to put a speaker, they put a speaker there. Inside, outside there's a speaker
0: yeah and this was like the prime time of people with crazy stereos i feel like like yeah, more I, I agree popular I agree. than ever people cared about their stereos this one there's still some sure now but uh early 90s mid 90s i don't feel like
1: that custom car culture is around as much anymore as it was like you like when we were kids. maybe we're just because we're so old. it's we're just not smaller
0: right? it's still there for sure oh
1: you know, sure 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 but um, uh but yeah. yeah this was like pip my ride you know, the Fast and the Furious, beginning of that. Like, all, you know, this was all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And uh, Eddie is just admiring Admire. it. He wants a sound system for his car. Weasel comes over and you're like, you know what? I got a guy. This guy can get you a stereo for real cheap. And Eddie's like, I got 400 bucks. And he's like, perfect. Don't worry about it. No I'll, problem. I'll get it for gotcha. you. Gotcha. And then they do their, uh, their trio handshake once again. Tips. Uh, a little later on, Myra comes over. She's there to talk to Laura, though, about Steve. And uh, trying to get Laura to go away is kind of what it feels like to me. Like, she's Well, tired she has Laura
1: of... to, to, release him, to release him to her so she can have him.
0: Yeah, she's just tired of Steve talking about her over and over again. Uh, he, she feels like Laura has him like locked in some trance or something. And she suggests, uh, why don't you just move to Texas? And Laura's like, no, I'm not moving to Texas. <laughs> Uh, We go back outside. Um, This is a few days later, probably. Uh, Eddie is showing Steve his new stereo system now. Very similar to Waldo's. He's got the amps. He's got the woofers. It's all in there. And uh, Steve thinks... Well, first, before this, uh, Steve turns on his favorite radio station to test it out, the uh, yodeling station. Mm -hmm. And we get a nice little song and dance from Steve. And then Eddie tells Steve... uh, that he got this stereo on a real great deal from weasel's friend and steve didn't he say
1: it was like three thousand dollars worth of equipment yeah. he got for 400 bucks
0: yeah so steve suggests at this point that the stereo is stolen
1: yeah because eddie also says like yeah all i paid for was the was the labor to the installation Eddie. Like, come on man
0: I would have done the same exact thing as Eddie. Um, A little later that night, uh, (laughs) Eddie goes in the living room. He knows something is bad. He did something wrong. He believes Steve that this thing is stolen at this point. And he goes in to talk to his dad. And uh, he kind of like walks or like tiptoes around the idea of it being stolen, but eventually kind of tells his dad that he thinks he bought this stolen stereo. And Carl tells him, well, you need to report it. We need to know who you got it from. we need to turn it into the police station
1: all of things which make perfectly fine good sense and should be expected when you tell your your dad who is a cop
0: yeah um eddie though i mean a couple things we got going on here one he doesn't want to lose his 400 bucks two he doesn't want to get anyone in trouble like uh i mean weasel's his friend he's gonna rat out someone who's connected to weasel and uh that won't look good on eddie so eddie gets upset with his dad and uh, he ends this scene with the quote, "For once, I wish you would stop being a cop and start being my dad." And uh, uh, Carl just kind of looks at him like, <sighs>
1: "The only part of this that is even remotely makes sense is not wanting to get Weasel in trouble." The whole, the rest of Eddie's logic is so off base that it was just kind of drove me nuts. Like, uh I don't want to lose my $400. I was just telling you because I thought I wanted you to know. I don't want to have to give it back. Like, what, dude? Come on, man. Like, the, you have stolen stuff in your I wouldn't car. have made him give it back. I absolutely would have I would t- get, called now, the cops.
0: Now, maybe if I was Carl, but uh, no, I'm not making my kid give it back. He didn't know. He had no idea. He That's all of his money. But he you saved know out. now. You I don't know. care. Like, that's I don't that's care. the wrong thing
1: to do. It's just straight up the wrong thing Sometimes
0: to do. Sometimes you have to do the wrong thing, in my opinion, to uh, make things right. That's my logic.
1: Well, that's not my logic.
0: <laughs> A little later in the living room, uh, we've got Laura and Myra in there this time, and uh, they're talking. Laura calls up Steve on the phone. She's like, hey, Steve, come over and bring your accordion. And seconds later, he appears with his accordion in hand. Before the
1: phone is even hung up.
0: Uh, Laura tells Steve, hey, I want you to spend some time with Myra. Uh, let's just see how it goes. Who knows? Maybe you guys will have more in common that you even realize. And then she walks out to the kitchen, leaving the two of them alone. And what do you know? Out from behind the couch, Myra pulls out her accordion. She also plays the accordion and is very good at it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like both of them must practice together or, what, or have a great teacher on set because they both, I truly believe they both can play the accordion. Oh, I do least. not.
0: I don't think either of I, them play.
1: I believe they both can play enough to do this scene.
0: I think they are good at looking like they can play the accordion.
1: Uh, then they are because i, I, I it's believable to me and, I, and I'll believe the lie.
0: So they do like this couple minute long performance. Like it's, it's a duet of like Yankee it's, Doodle or something, right?
1: No, it's it's it's, it's uh, or, a, an accordion banjos? version of dueling banjos. Yeah, so it's dueling accordions.
0: Which is also Yankee Doodle though, right? No. No, two different completely different songs. That's
1: Yankee Doodle and Dueling Bandos. Yeah. Pony
0: Sounds like a feather the same song. They're the same song. Different song.
1: Uh,
0: um so they play this duet, Laura peeks in, and of course she believes it's working. Uh they finish up. They immediately drop their accordions on the ground and start making out right there while Laura's celebrating that she has finally got these two together.
1: You're right; it is Yankee Doodle.
0: Haven't they also? Haven't they been together at some other point? Um,
1: oh, at the, I the mean, like they, they've a,
0: kissed before, they've made out before, right? This well, the isn't the first time this out. has happened. They've
1: kissed, but it was also at a concert <clears throat> with a larger group. This is the first, like this is the first alone time, I think.
0: Um, next scene, we've got, uh, Laura, she's reading a magazine about hair, and, uh, Steve comes over, and, uh, he can't look at her, He but he has to confess he kissed Myra, and he liked it, and, uh, he says he feels like his heart belongs to Laura, though, and, uh, he's gonna, um, what, oh, he he's there just to remind, uh, Laura one more time. He's going with Myra, but this always could have been her. If he, if she let it be, this could have been her that he was making out with.
1: And one last question before he leaves, walks out the door, he says, "Do you want it to be you?" She's like, "See you later, Steve. Have fun."
0: <laughs> uh, we go back to Eddie and Weasel in the backyard. Weasel says that uh, he didn't know the stereo was stolen, and uh, they're walking up onto the car, and Eddie's car is gone. It has vanished out of the driveway. It appears that someone has stolen it. He opens the garage door. His dad's in there. He's like, Dad, someone stole my car. It was right here. And uh, freaks out. And his dad says, call the cops. Because we know this last scene. He's like, he doesn't want him to be a cop anymore. He wants him to be a dad. And uh, eventually Carl says, no, the car's not stolen. It's down at the precinct. Stereo is being removed. Your car's okay. And Eddie is relieved. Um He's glad his car's not gone. He was scared. He felt hopeless, he says. And uh, he tells him. Uh, Carl tells Eddie, well, that's probably how the guy whose uh, stereo that was felt after uh, he found out his was stolen. Hopeless. Scared. And Eddie says, uh, or I, I think Carl says, like, you never think about the victim until you become one. One of them says that. I don't know who it was.
1: Yeah, Eddie gets the point. Eddie, Eddie comes around.
0: Yeah, and Carl gives him credit. Uh, he says, you did the right thing when you came and told me the other day. And Eddie says, well, you know what, Dad? The most important thing is this. I learned a lesson. And Carl is real happy. And he says, Eddie, you know what that means? You're growing up, son. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. We do get a credit scene with Estelle coming over. This is, I think, where we find out the new living arrangement for Estelle, right? Like we had. A- yeah, more
1: this- or less. It's a really weird scene to tackle into this episode because it has nothing to do with it. But I think it's, like you said, purely informational.
0: Yeah. They let us know that uh, Estelle and uh, that old man have uh, got Fletcher, an apartment. His name is Fletcher. Fletcher. They got an apartment down the street. It's real close. She can still come by all the time. And uh, she also mentions that her and Fletcher are uh, still uh, in the honeymoon phase. And uh, they've been cuddling nonstop. And Fletcher is not over there right now because he needs a nap because he's a little worn out.
1: Yeah. That's why they haven't seen her lately. <clears throat> She's just hasn't left the house. Yep. A lot.
0: So, uh, that's family matters for the week. Then we go to eight thirty, step-by-step season two, episode 22. The psychic is the name of this episode and it all kicks off in the kitchen. We've got Frank, we've got Cody, Frank's making some eggs, asks Cody if he wants some and Cody says, no way that thing comes out of a chicken's butt. And that's the end of the <laughs> intro scene.
1: <laughs> scene. Uh, you know, it's good. It's funny. It's funny. It's
0: real quick. Uh, so after the theme song, we come back to, uh, Frank getting home to Carol. She's stretching in the kitchen. He's kind of peeking on her while she's doing her stretches. And uh, she's like, you know what, Frank? We need a new mattress. This thing that we have is old. It's not comfortable. It's hurting my back. I want to get a new one. And he kind of tiptoes around that idea, too. Um, he, he doesn't really think they need one, but uh, I think he kind of agrees that he'll look into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's not opposed to it.
0: Uh, JT and Karen get home. Karen's mad at JT. We find out because uh, JT got a picture of Karen as a baby when she was a baby. Like one of her baby photos printed on the front page of the school paper.
1: A naked baby photo. Naked baby photo. Which Um, I have like what what's the context why this what like what's going on at the school that they needed a
0: oh they didn't need it he was just embarrassing her. that's the only reason he put it in there the whole but like some
1: like an, a teacher has to re- like he doesn't just make the paper and say okay i'm putting this out like there's a teacher that's editing this paper mm-hmm. and there's this had to have gone through review adult review before it got out i i refuse to believe that jt has the power to just put whatever he wants on the front page of the paper and uh, without like having to talk to anybody
0: Uh, Karen's mad mad. Karen wants Carol and Frank to be mad and uh, Carol kind of looks over at Frank like I'm not the one getting like punishing him you need to do that and Carol makes Frank ground JT for the weekend no car for the weekend and uh, now we have an upset JT we still have an upset Karen because she's upset about the picture and upset that this punishment is enough and uh, they comment that now we have two upset kids.
1: Right. And Karen's Karen swears. She's like, I'm going to get you, JT. Like, this is not, this is not over. I'll not over get you, all. my pretty.
0: Uh, next scene, we've got Al and Mark arm wrestling in the living room. JT is just, like, sitting there counting, like, the wins because he's got nothing to do. He can't leave. He's grounded. Current score, 499. Al, Mark, zero. And uh, they're going for number 500. Cody comes in. Um he's got some videos in his hand, I think. And he mentioned, uh, renting the importance of being earnest. And he's real upset because earnest isn't in the movie.
1: This was a good joke. This is a very good joke. I like
0: it. I like all the earnest movies. Um, do too. there, uh, he wants to go back to the video store. JT wants to come along and, uh, JT or Cody, I think, says, Yeah, you can come along with me, but just know I have to stop by uh, Madame Sonia's place on the way. She's a psychic. She's real. She knows what she's doing. She can read the future. And uh, I need to go by there before we go to the video store. And yeah. J- JT's like, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't want to go, but fine. I want to get <laughs> out of the house. I'll go with you.
1: He's skeptical, understandably.
0: So this next scene is them arriving at Madame Sonia's place. Uh, Cody and JT go in. Cody introduces them. And uh, she sits them down. And she starts with the palm reading of Cody is where it goes. So she mentions his strong love line and uh, his long life line. And then she touches JT and like feels like she's like shocked or something. She's like, oh, no. Someone's very upset with you um this person is a girl and has dark hair all the like psychic stuff where you barely say anything but you're still kind of giving them hints that maybe they know this person kind of thing i
1: will say she does give more details than that are that are more specific than that seem to apply here
0: yeah um, we're not quite
1: there yet dark hair woman that holds revenge that's that's vague but then she's like, she's gonna be wearing red, and her name begins with a K. Like those are those are less generalized. I mean, they're still broad, but not, not very.
0: Yeah, and we can tell at this point that she's describing Karen, whether right. it's on purpose or just coincidental. She's she's describing Karen, and she ta- and Madame Sonia tells her or tells J T that not only is all this person gonna want revenge tonight at midnight, she's gonna kill you
1: the stroke of midnight during a thunderstorm
0: yeah you're, she's going to come in she's going to apologize then there's going to be a thunderstorm then at midnight she's going to kill you and, oh, right and uh, she sets
1: it up even more so Like she's going to apologize she's also going to be like really nice to you and really kind to you in, until the stroke of midnight
0: yeah so back of the house uh, Fran- she must tell
1: JT that in order to prevent this he needs to apologize and,
0: and whatnot. oh is that his, he, he, he I didn't really see it an out all he had to do is apologize and he won't die
1: yeah, I mean, I, I. That's. I know she tells him he needs to apologize. I'm pretty sure the context is like, if you apologize, it will keep. It'll keep you alive.
0: Okay. Um, back at the house, uh, Frank gets home and tells Carol, "I got a great deal on a mattress. It's used. It's a used bed, but you know what? It's one of those cool ones." Neighbors down the street didn't want it. It's got adjustable everything, and it has a massage setting. So Ooh. Carol not excited about the used mattress, but that that massage setting is enough to make her say, "All right, let's do this." And uh, JT gets home at this point, and uh, he's they they just got back from the uh, from the psychic, and he's like, "Oh, that right. Madame Sonia is a quack. She doesn't know what she's talking about." And Cody tells. Um, karen or carol at this point
1: well jt tells frank and carol like Like what the psychic said right yep like the whole the whole gist
0: yeah and they don't they don't believe cody but then karen walks in and what do you know she's wearing all red just like madam sonia said someone would be doing and uh they're freaked out now
1: yeah and and she also at the same time apologized to jt so this is setting in chain like in motion the chain of events
0: yeah uh skip ahead to nighttime. Cody is following JT, um, telling him she's gonna kill you tonight, buddy. You need to, you need to get out of <laughs> here. Let's. tells uh, also like, let's go to
1: somewhere. I yeah, let's it. hop
0: in the van and flee. And then Karen comes in. She apologizes to JT. Um, Cody is. Uh, well, really they go to the
1: kitchen and and Karen's in there making a sandwich for JT
0: with a big knife, right? And
1: uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. I apologize. You're right. This is yeah you're right you're right they're outside at this point um karen comes into the backyard apologize jt and then then they follow her into the kitchen where she is making a sandwich and pulls out this this giant knife
0: yeah uh she pulls out the knife they run into the other room um i think the storm has started at this point yep. too storm
1: starts thunder crashes
0: um they jump up to uh frank and carol we show them in their new bed um jt knocks on the door He's scared of Karen. She's like, you gotta let me in here. Karen's trying to kill me. And Frank, of course, wants to try out this new bed. And right. uh, they don't let JT in there. And uh, he hits the massage button. It starts to uh, vibrate a little bit. And then the bed goes out of control. Um, the back's lifting up and going up and down. Then the feet start going. And it, it's going crazy. Carol is screaming to turn it off. And, uh, it's like
1: sandwiching him and like, but all directions
0: yeah she says turn it off and he turns it off and like the thing like eventually like seems like it turns off like like starts to deflate kind of and uh they decide all right let's just read let's not worry about all these settings right now they adjust the mattress to the reading position but then the bed goes crazy again and uh it almost stops but then it goes crazy again and carol um she's not very happy about this
1: well, at one point the bed starts to almost like growl at them and and like starts to like buck them around like a like a you know one of those mechanical right. yeah
0: yeah um so yeah this bed not a good decision by frank so we go back downstairs it's eleven fifty five now cody and jt are in the living room jt is still scared that he's going to be killed karen comes in she's got some hot chocolate for jt she's like here i made you this chocolate of course, JT and a cake and a cake uh, JT scared to drink it. He's worried now that she's going to poison him. Um, she yells at him, drink it. And then uh, he starts like crying and begging at her feet to not kill
1: him. Well, he pulled, she pulls a knife again. Well, like when she goes to cut the cake, she pulls a knife on him again to, to like kind of, you know, passively suggest she's going to stab him.
0: And then Karen reveals that she got him. It was all a prank just to embarrass him. Like he embarrassed her at the newspaper. And not only did he get hit, did she get him all embarrassed? She's recorded all the audio and she's going to share it at school.
1: I take issue with the, the plan, how the plan allegedly happened here. Cause she claims that Carol told her mm-hmm. about the prediction. And that is why she put all this into motion. However, JT is telling Carol for the first time that Karen walks into the house wearing red and apologizes. So either Karen was already wearing red coincidentally, which is fine. Absolutely plausible and was intending on apologizing because she's just trying to be the bigger person. And then Carol tells her and puts and so she puts this plan into motion or... The storyline just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I thought they were gonna go with that she contacted Madame Sonia, and told mm, her to like too. give her yes. some, give him some fake yeah. reading or something. But no, I
1: thought Cody was. I thought this was gonna go back to Cody being yeah. on it. Yeah. And and so I have a little issue with this with the wrap up here, but you know whatever.
0: Uh, we do get a credit scene. Um, Carol uh, bought a book on palm reading that she bought from the same psychic that uh, they went to, and she's reading Frank's palm now. And, uh, I don't remember what the palm reading said, but he, we do find I out. I think
1: a strong, strong love line.
0: Okay. He, re, he returned the bed. Um, he is a little upset that this new bed doesn't move like the last one. And Carol's like, doesn't move. We'll see about that. And that, that's the end of the episode.
1: And they start making out.
0: Yep. Um, <clears throat> next up, we got, uh, your nine o'clock slot going by season one, episode nine, give peace a chance. Getting by, getting by. What'd I say? Going by yep um starts off we got Marcus uh, he's getting home to Darren in the kitchen and Marcus confronts Darren about uh almost getting in a fight he's like you gotta stick up for yourself Darren um you're gonna get beat well, up he's mad eat. that
1: Darren did not get in the fight he like he wanted Darren to stand like live up to their name <clears throat> the yeah his established because
0: he feels like he'll get embarrassed if his brother gets beat up or doesn't get in a fight and he wants him to be uh a brother that stands up for himself. And Darren, right. uh, he wants to teach Darren how to fight. And uh, Darren's like, no, I don't want to fight. I can just talk these things out. And then Julie comes in and she's like, I can help. And she's got her karate outfit on. We find out an orange she, belt. She's an orange belt now. And Marcus is like, you can't help. And then she puts uh, Marcus in like an armbar submission. and
1: It's a wrist lock, but.
0: Makes him tap thing. out and uh, yeah obviously she can fight a little better than marcus can at this point yeah <clears throat> so theme song we come back to uh Dolores and kathy in the kitchen uh nikki comes down and uh kathy wants her to clean the toilets everyone's getting more chores and uh the one that nikki got selected to do is clean the toilets and uh she's real grossed out she doesn't want to clean out toilets
1: she can't even imagine doing it
0: nikki seems like the least important character in this whole show do you agree
1: well, they had a whole show about her like 2 episodes ago. Um, I really I, I don't think that the girls
0: are generally are,
1: are nearly as important as the boys. Yeah. It
0: seems like they're kind of like falling into that like Judy spot from Family Matters to me. Like they're barely <sighs> I don't I
1: wouldn't I wouldn't say that because they they need them. They're, they're not going to go away. Like Judy went away.
0: Are they like a Mark role? Almost like, from yeah, Sefi's I was going to compare
1: them more to like a, like a Brendan. Mm, Brendan's Mark. what I meant. Brendan's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Cause I mean, Al how gets a lot of screen time, really? Mark and Brendan are the two that don't get a whole lot of attention on that show.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got this clean the toilet sub story. That's going to be going on throughout the episode. Um, everyone's getting chores. Darren gets home. He's got ripped clothes he got beat up. It was Russell again. Russell's the bully that's been messing with Darren. And this time, uh, he got to Darren punched him in the face a whole lot. And, uh, he doesn't look badly beat up. He's not bloody or bruised or anything like that. He just has ripped up clothes.
1: Yeah. And now Marcus is concerned because his, the reputation that he has established as being the winner of all these fights is getting ruined because Darren is losing.
0: Yeah. And Marcus once again says, I just want you to fight back. Marcus tells Kathy, uh, I'm going to go find Russell. I'm going to go set this straight. And uh, one
1: one thing we do learn here, too, that's kind of important is that uh, Russell did take Darren's was it a Calvin Klein belt. I don't know. Some yeah, belt I think that's around. right.
0: Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go find Russell. She's like, no, you just need to talk this thing out. It can be done in a much easier, civilized way. And Marcus kind of laughs off the idea and leaves the house.
1: Do you think this episode's like a metaphor for some wrestling storyline that was happening at the time, where Uh. there was like multiple, like a wrestling family, where one of the one of them was losing and lost like the belt to somebody, and then the other brother had to go. I don't, I I can't think of any like sibling Von
0: Ericks, maybe.
1: Well, yeah, but that's a little older, you know. Like I'm trying to think of something from the early '90s where there were the
0: Hearts, maybe
1: the the Hearts, or were were there more Guerreras in the mix besides? Uh, Shavo wasn't really a big deal. No, so not, maybe, not in maybe, the U.S. Maybe the Hearts. Maybe this is like a Montreal screw job. That's type? the most
0: like brother like group I can think of in that time period for
1: okay. sure. Okay. Uh, um, or like any of the any of the like uh, Samoans, maybe I don't know.
0: No, I don't think so. Okay. Um. All right. So we will go a little later. Um, Nikki's still grossed out about cleaning toilets. Uh, Marcus gets home. He's singing "Eye of the Tiger." He beat up Russell and he got Darren's belt back.
1: Well, he rolls in with the belt. I'm. The, I got the belt back.
0: That's oh, this is your do. like wrestling thing too, like with the yeah. belt. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, Dolores is proud of him. Like, what'd you hit him with? A right hook or was it an uppercut? And then Kathy's upset um, that he fought at all. And Marcus tells Darren uh, he's a wuss at this point. And then <laughs> that uh, this is where we get our uh, our diss of the week as well. You are such a punk. All the women in this house are
1: tougher than you. Oh yeah? Well, all the appliances in the kitchen are smarter than you.
0: Okay. So then uh Cassie. I don't know
1: how you chose this week. There were there were a lot of solid disses this week.
0: There was a lot of uh there's an audience applause section. at the end of that one, I feel. Okay. Like.
1: Cause in the and the next episode or in the next show, in and where I live, there's an entire three minutes of of diss flame wars between Sherry and Doug.
0: This is what I went with. It doesn't I hey, hey, yep. I'm not I'm not mad about it. I'm okay. not mad about it.
1: I'm just saying you had a tough week. I'm saying you had a tough you had some tough choices to make.
0: Kathy and Dolores um they start talking and I think we've heard this from Kathy once before.
1: I do not remember this, but okay.
0: It was a it was a quick conversation with uh with Kathy and Nikki, I believe, where she mentions that she was the hellcat of Hamilton High when she was a kid. <laughs> okay and uh dolores of course doesn't believe her and uh doorbell rings kathy answers it well
1: well, real quick before we get too far into this the context here is that dolores or kathy now is all like peace and love work it out you know have a conversation dolores is like you've never been in a fight and then kathy tells you know i was the hellcat of hamilton high which means i used to get into fights all the time (laughs) until one day i had like an epiphany and decided that this is not the life i want to live and have not been in a fight since then. I haven't hit anybody at all since that time.
0: Except for that one time, right? Where, uh, she almost did.
1: She didn't. She okay. almost, she wanted, she wanted to, where somebody accused her of being a bad mother for, I don't even know what she did. Something, Something dumb. In, I
0: think. Yeah. So <laughs> doorbell, Kathy it. It's rusty and his dad and his dad. I love this cameo. This was really good.
1: <laughs> it was good.
0: Leslie Jordan is playing the uh, father. Now I didn't know who Leslie Jordan was back then. Like, he no, kind of no. became a, uh, a name to me much later in his life, but uh, I love his character in this episode. It's so it's, good. It's
1: good. And it, it not only is it good, but it gets even better as the episode progresses. Like, and with the kind of reveal at the end of this episode makes it, I think even better. Um, this, of course, if you don't remember is not his first TJF appearance. He was also the person who kidnapped Dimitri on perfect strangers. <laughs> That's so.
0: right. With the, uh, The little stuff. Bob Phillips. Yep. Um, So. Rusty and his dad are there because his dad wants to talk to Marcus's dad. And we know Marcus's dad's not there. He doesn't live there. He's passed away. (laughs) Uh, Kathy jumps in and is like trying to tell him that, look. This is the Dolores show here. She she takes care of these kids and she does a great job of it.
1: Well, because he starts talking pretty down on. He's like, oh well, that explains everything. That they don't. That's have, why that these kids aren't
0: yeah. are rebels because they don't have a dad to handle things. And uh, she's getting real mad. We already know the like whole mother thing bothers her from earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rusty's dad just keeps blaming Marcus and the family situation. Julie comes in. Um, well, the got- Julie
1: piece is funny because Kathy says we don't, you know, we don't believe in violence here. We're all about peace and love. And then Julie rolls in doing karate kicks in her in her gi.
0: Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I thought you guys didn't believe in violence, and uh, I bet you guys probably worship Satan too."
1: <laughs> it's like you're just training the next generation of assassins over here.
0: And Kathy gets in his face and tells him, "You don't want to go there, buddy." And then he calls her. Just what we said earlier, an unfit mother. And what does Kathy do? Punches him straight in the face. <laughs> Knocks him on the couch. Julie is there to watch it all. Rusty's there to see his dad get knocked out by uh, Marcus's mom, Darren's mom. And uh, this is obviously going to set up something for the rest of the episode.
1: Right. And just to note, at this point, when Russell, when Russell and his dad show up, Russell's already got like a nose... Splint or whatever uh-huh. race on from where his nose was broken by Marcus. And now, now his dad has been punched in the nose by Kathy. So uh, I think we'll let me see where this is going.
0: Yeah. So the next day we see uh, Dolores and Kathy getting home from work. Um, Kathy's a little upset that Dolores had to tell the entire office about what happened with the punch and everything. Um, Julie gets home. She's got a friend there. And uh, Julie is uh, showing this girl around the house of like, where my mom punched this guy and this is where it happened. And if you look real closely on the couch, you might see some blood and this girl's got her camera out. She's taking pictures. We find out from Julie that she's selling tours of the house for two bucks a piece. Two bucks. Uh, Nikki comes down. She said, Mom, I clean the toilets, and I'll do it every day if you want me to. Because now she's scared that her mom's gonna punch. It
1: her. took me. It took me a minute to try to figure out what was going on, like why Nikki was doing. It. And then I realized that she, she's like scared of her mom now that her mom's gonna punch her. Yeah, if she doesn't it, do the toilets. It was a
0: little bit of a slow, like uh, what is going on here? But yeah,
1: well, that's what, I was just like, why did she all? Why is she all of a sudden? Pu- and then she's like I'll never do it again I'm so sorry I will watch that toilet and make sure it's always clean and I'm like what is good co- what oh I she see doesn't want to get punched him.
0: by the hellcat of Hamilton High I mean that's a- I
1: got that now yeah. I mean I got that by the end but it took a minute because I was like it just didn't didn't register to me that she also was going to be scared of her mom for potentially punching her in the face
0: so Marcus gets home at this point and also kind of like wrestling like he uh, takes to uh, the fake microphone and he introduces his brother Darren he's like now, coming into the house, the new heavyweight champion of the schoolyard, Darren. And Darren <laughs> comes in. Um, apparently. He's
1: got hands up celebrating.
0: Yeah, he's happy about it. He's he's a fighting guy now. And we find out that right there in the cafeteria, he dropkicked Russell and uh, was the victor of the latest uh, fight that they had, I guess. They're
1: all getting kicked. Out of school, they're all every single one. I was getting kicked out of school. Kathy's freaking remember this is this is so crazy concerning like the was it last episode where they almost both got kicked out of school for the fire alarm prank? Yeah, and now they're just brawling. They're every day. It's, it's a, a very school.
0: violent episode of TGIF. Yeah, Um yeah. Kathy's freaking out. She thinks it's all her fault. The reason why Darren's getting into fights now.
1: And... Well, there's a lot of talk to her about like the boys idolize her now. They're like, I want to be like you and. Julie saying she wants to be like her mom like everybody's like kind of pumping her up as this hero and wants to be wants to be like her yes
0: yeah, so the boys go upstairs Kathy and Dolores are left in the kitchen and uh, Kathy's like Dolores you have to promise me you have to stop me if you ever see me raise my fist in anger again and Dolores just kind of looks at her so uh, the next scene is grocery shopping we got the boys there we got Kathy and Dolores there Darren's walking around with the shopping cart, accidentally bumps into Russell, who's also there. Russell is scared. He knows not only that Darren can beat him up, but also his mom can beat him up. Kathy and Dolores come around the corner. They bump into Russell's dad, who um, Kathy tries to uh, talk things out with. He's, she's like, mm-hmm. hey, sorry about what happened. Let me buy you your groceries. And he's like, I don't want you to buy me my groceries. I'm going to sue you. Delore steps in and says, oh, don't you threaten her. Your son is the one that started this. And then, like, they get in a little bit of an argument. And then from the back of the store, in walks Rusty's mom, who is a giant. She's bigger than everyone. I mean, Leslie Jordan's a small guy. But um, – yeah. She's she's got to be six foot.
1: I mean, she's a big lady. Yeah, Marianne Muellerfeld. We've we've seen her. She was on the the episode of Perfect Strangers um, where Larry's grandpa comes into town. I don't know what she did on that. Her name was Athena, the character's name. But so she was this mom.
0: This mom's giant. Kathy giant. gets into the fighting position. She calls she's Kathy. Ready to go.
1: Kathy's ready to go.
0: She calls Kathy an unfit mother. Kathy is ready to punch her in the face, but she stops. She's like, no, I'm done with this fighting. I'm going to talk this out with her. And what do you know, as they start to talk, Russell's mom punches her in the face, (laughs) knocks Kathy right into like a stack of paper towels, and uh, she's out for the count. Um,
1: It's Kind of disappointing.
0: They go over to like wake her up. Um, She gets up. And tells Darren, uh, don't worry, I won this fight. I won by not responding with violence. And Darren agrees that fighting is not the way. And Marcus uh, is over on the side. He actually bet some store clerk that works there that uh, Kathy would get knocked out in the first round. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of it. Like the whole Dar-
1: Darren's whole takeaway is, look, I get it. Violence just leads to more violence. But litigation is always better. <laughs> yeah
0: um do we see more of, of that family in this show or is that it i don't believe so oh, no too bad i like all of them um, I did. it was
1: that was a good little little unit i agree uh
0: credit scene uh marcus wants julie to teach him some karate and uh then she punches him in the face and uh flips him over her shoulder nice judo throw
1: <laughs> there's a little bit more but it's not that important
0: Uh, let's see. One more show, Where I Live, Season 1, Episode 10. Malcolm 2X is the name of this episode. And it starts off, um, we got the guys. They're at the basketball court. They're waiting for the next game to start so they can play because there's a girls game going on right now. They're just kind of watching. They they like what they see. The girls playing basketball. And Malcolm says, you know what? I don't want to be just friends with a girl. I want a serious relationship. And Malcolm, uh... Reggie and Doug. Reggie and Doug what walk off at this point?
1: No, they they, they kind of give him this this whole spiel where like, look man, if you want to be with if you want to actually be with a woman, you need to be more mature. You can't just be hollering at them and and just telling them how hot they are. You got to you got to, you know, grow up and act like a act like a real man. And then they walk away to do homework and they're like, "Malcolm, aren't you going to do your homework?" He's like, "Well, I, you know, I did it in study hall. I was I was talking to so and so and when she said she just wanted to be friends, I I decided I wasn't going to waste the rest of my time and did my homework in study hall." And it kind of gives this little thing about like, you know, that being told you just want to be friends is like the death nail of a relationship. And it's not even worth bothering at that point.
0: Yeah. So then uh, Reggie and Doug walk off uh, and then we see Malcolm walk over to Sharon.
1: Well, she comes out of the school because we found out a couple weeks ago that that basketball court is like the basketball court attached to the school.
0: Yeah. And he uh, he goes over to Sharon and he's like he pretty much tells her, hey, I'm not doing great in math. Can you help me out? And I mean, and
1: he's in like a, he's in like algebra two, like an, a fairly advanced math class. I feel like for someone who has not shown any kind of academic, I mean, he's a
0: senior. I feel like that's pretty. He is like, low down there a math for a senior.
1: You think so? I don't know. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to say, but it seems like somebody who hasn't really shown any initiative in academics. It, it seems like a high level class for him.
0: Yeah. So he pretty much asks her to tutor him without asking her to tutor him, and uh, she agrees um offers to pay her and everything um she likes the raising money that she's making from watching kids and uh the only thing is though he wants her to keep it a secret he doesn't want anyone to know that he's getting tutored and uh she seems like she agrees
1: she does yeah she agrees so So she says that's fine i won't tell anybody
0: so then we see kwanzy he goes and jumps up on the stoop hops up on the railing and he's yelling up at sharon hey sharon which we know she's at the school or whatever and uh, she sneaks up behind him and pushes him off the stoop. Kind of funny.
1: Who did that? Who did that?
0: Uh, Theme song, we come back to uh, Doug and Reggie on the stoop. They're talking about uh, what it's like to die. Kind of weird, and how, like, I think Doug says, well, I think when you die, you just kind of sit around and do nothing. Like, you're in this space, and there's just nothing to do, which is also a visual (laughs) representation of exactly what they're doing on the stoop, sitting there doing absolutely
1: nothing. Yeah, it's a weirdly, like, deep moment you know it's 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 a, it's an odd little metaphor for like a minute and a half
0: yeah uh kwanzi comes over kwanzi has got some news he's like you know what's going on guys Sharon a malcolm and they're like what they laugh at him there's like there's no way and he says she's actually at malcolm's place right now and the rumor is uh they had uh, a nice cozy little chat over some hot chocolate yeah So, they're kind of, like, Doug's like, what? Is this real? Like, what's going on? So... Everything
1: at this point is just speculation. Yeah. Just speculation, yeah. Uh,
0: Then we see uh, Malcolm and Sharon leaving his place after uh, a little tutor session, and uh, she's still trying to explain algebra to him. He's not really getting it. She's like, well, I mean, what if we look at it a different way? Why don't we look at, like, X and Y's people? And then she tells him, like, this story about uh, her and John Dinwiddie, the guy that she likes, and then she's like smelled some perfume on him and there might be an ex some other girl and then he's like oh so ex is some tramp and then like it makes her laugh and uh kind of seems like they are kind of like laughing and maybe there is a little more than just tutoring going on with the two of them yeah, that's what i get being,
1: out of it. yeah they're being real friendly with each other um he also kind of does flesh out that problem a little more he he shows that he has the ability to like problem solve logically get to you know figure out ways to find answers things like that
0: things that it, most people could do in third grade
1: well sure but i think it's a little more co- i mean it's more it's not, of like a not a coming up with a plan to figure out where the perfume is coming from i think there's more to it than just like, i mean
0: the plan is well if there's perfume it must be from somebody else that's, that's well. no no no, 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 really no. but
1: then he comes up with a plan to figure out who it's coming from he's like well you know that john goes to the gym in the morning so if you go to his house in the morning and ask his mom or tell his mom that you left your perfume or your friend left their perfume and like, you need to get it back to them. Who, you know, who was, is a the perfume there? And like, he comes up with a whole plan to try to figure out who the person is. You're it's giving more than him just,
0: like, a whole lot more credit than I give him.
1: I'm giving him credit for doing a little bit more logic work than just like, okay, you need to figure out who's got the perfume. It's like, it's more than that. It's more than that. That's what they're trying
0: to show. I guarantee plans. you could ask most elementary kids how they would figure it out. And they would come up with a similar plan to Marcus or to Malcolm. Maybe.
1: Maybe.
0: Um, anyway, so... From here, uh, we're back at the apartment. Sharon gets home a little later than she's supposed to be home, and she says that, uh, oh, you guys know I'm in the French club. I had a meeting that I had to go to. And Doug tells her, come in here in the living room with me. So they go in the living room, and he's like, I, knew, I know you were at, Mar- at Malcolm's house, and I want to know what you guys were doing. And she's like, well... I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you this. Uh, I don't know how she gets to this. She she, she she says that she's more mature at 14 years old than he'll ever be at 30 years old. She,
1: she basically tells him to f off. She's like, you don't need none of my your business. business, right? I'm your, you're my you're my brother. You're not my you don't own me. And he's like, I own you. You're my sister. And she's like, and then she just goes off on him, and, and there's nothing nice about it. She is very much standing her her ground, saying, none of your business. Get out of my face. And I'm I'm smarter than you'll ever be.
0: Get out of my way, or I'm going to punch you. And uh, yeah. we got more violence in this episode where uh, he tells her that, uh, don't worry, Malcolm will tell me what's going on. And then she walks out, walks back in, punches him in the arm. Yeah. So next thing we got Doug and Reggie, they're talking about the possibility of Malcolm and Sharon actually being a thing. And uh, Malcolm comes over and they ask him about Sharon and he tells them, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then Doug and uh, Malcolm, they kind of get in a little argument um, because Malcolm won't tell them what's going on. They know something's going on. And then the two of them storm off, leaving uh, Reggie on the stoop.
1: Well, also, Malcolm's like, what, you don't trust me with your sister? Like, I've known your sister my entire life. I've known you my entire life. Like, I can't believe you don't trust me. And Doug's like, no, I don't trust you at all. You got to tell me what's up.
0: Uh, The next scene, we see Malcolm at the pizza place. Uh, Sharon comes over. Malcolm obviously invited her over there, and uh, he wanted to thank her by giving her some pizza and also letting her know that he got a B on his latest uh, algebra test. Yes, he did. And uh, she tells him, well, guess what you did uh, with your great idea of uh, perfect your highly logic. highly
1: technical and advanced plan.
0: I found out that uh, John is not with another girl. Um, that perfume was just his mom's perfume. So we are even. You got something for me and I got something for you. Yes. Um, More like little, like, cute kind of flirty talk with, like, uh, them saying, oh, well, then you can pay your $4 and your pizza. And they're just giggling and laughing a little bit. So, still, maybe a possibility something happens here with the two of them. I mean, I think at some point they mentioned, uh, like, uh, Doug and Reggie mentioned, well, I mean, he's a senior and she's a freshman, and freshmen and seniors go out a lot. I mean, it kind of happens. Yeah. Um, And while this, like, talk and pizza eating is going on, you see Quanzi in the background, kind of spying on them. Like he see, <laughs> he Kwanzaa. sees all this going on. Uh, back in the he's the most
1: screen time uh, in this episode that Kwanzi has ever gotten.
0: Yeah, he's on there a lot for sure. Well, um, they're
1: dialing it up too, I guess, because last episode he was out there helping with the with the car, so they're giving him a little bit more. Maybe they're seeing him as more of a, a character. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, back at the stoop, Kwanzi is telling Doug, uh, "Yo." Malcolm and uh and Sharon they're having pizza right now and then uh they run off to go find them
1: there's also a little conversation that happens before that with Doug and Reggie where Reggie's like Doug you got to give him the benefit of the doubt man he's your best friend you you should trust him you know he, he's not going to do anything to your sister
0: uh back at the apartment Doug is um giving one of his little like to the camera talks and then uh, his parents get home and uh just like in step by step they're getting a new mattress
1: which which this scene by itself confirms beyond a doubt in my mind that there is something going on in the writer's room to these shows where they <laughs> they just throw a word up on there like a like new mattress like that is that is figure out how to get this into your shows because there's no reason whatsoever <laughs> for them to bring up that they're bottom Maybe it's just like a
0: joke kind of thing. They like don't talk they about it. There. And,
1: yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not mentioned at any other point in the episode. It goes nowhere. It has nothing to do with anything whatsoever, except that it was on step by step. There's something going on where they put these like challenges out there for all for these shows to be like, work in a new mattress or whatever. But this confirms like, mattress doubt.
0: discounters is like, hey, can you guys just mention mattress in a couple yeah. episodes? and yeah. Maybe it'll help people remember that maybe they should get a new mattress,
1: too. More than any other coincidental mentioning of this any other one This is the one that is the deal for n- you. Zero reason. Absolutely zero reason why this would be in this episode at all, period.
0: So Doug talks to his parents and he talks to them and says, uh, hey, something's going on with Sharon and Malcolm. And uh, Marie calls in Sharon. Marie kind of like is got that look in her eyes. Like she doesn't actually think that what Doug thinks is happening is happening.
1: I don't know. James and James and Sharon are both like, "What? We got to figure this out now. This is not good."
0: Yeah, and uh, Doug, of course, thinks that they're hooking up, and Sharon, uh, she doesn't want to say anything. She's still playing like the "I don't have anything to tell you guys" card. And uh, James, fine, go to your room. Is what he tells her.
1: Well, but she also is like, "Yes, I was at his house. Yes, his grandma was not there. We were there alone." Um, but I, I'm not I gonna can't tell you. you what we were
0: doing. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to her room. She's grounded. Um, a little later, Malcolm uh, shows up at the apartments and uh, he goes to James and Marie and is like, Look, I know that uh, Sharon's in trouble. She shouldn't be. The reason why she was coming over to my place, she is tutoring me for math. And uh, yeah. I just want to thank her and make sure that she's not in trouble. He leaves. They call Sharon well, back. He in. also
1: he also admits here too. Like I didn't want her to tell. I asked her not to tell anybody because everybody just makes fun of me and thinks I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah, and I think he says
0: like i am like I can't go do another senior year. Like it's just it can't yeah. happen. I gotta graduate.
1: And he also addresses because James is like, well, why were you there alone? You know what? What's up? Why you know why why were you doing that? And and he says he's like honestly, I didn't even think about it. Like I've known Sherry since she was a baby. Like that being alone with her didn't even register as an issue because i don't it it just that was not in his brain like he was he says her purely as like as a sister pretty much and she was there to help him
0: um from here uh where do we
1: call james and 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 marie call sherry in back so yeah they call
0: her in um not where are i'm so confused
1: yeah yeah so so they call her back in the room and they're like hey look you know malcolm told us what happened oh, you're yeah, yeah. not in trouble anymore um and 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 she's like she's like i was just trying to you know he asked me not to tell anybody i was trying to be respectful of that and, and they're like look we're proud of you you made a promise to a friend and you kept it and then they but they're like but look you can talk to us we're your parents you know you can always share things with us you don't have to hide things from us and she's like okay yeah that's
0: fine they just want good communication so uh
1: yeah. next and honestly one. i think she could have told them anyways without like when she was getting in trouble she could have just been like look i'll tell you but doug needs to leave the room and then tells share you know tells james and and marie and they would have been like oh well, that's fine don't worry about it
0: uh in the kitchen malcolm is telling sharon uh that he's sorry that uh he should have believed her should have let her alone that kind of thing and sharon wants uh just a little more respect from her brother. And then uh, they kind of work it out. They hug it out. And they agree to go. Yeah, you some- did say
1: Malcolm was telling her that. It, it was Doug. Doug was apologizing Doug, as her brother thank for, you. for this moment.
0: Yeah. Um, Sharon wants a little respect. They go and get. And then they just decide, all right, let's go get some pizza. And they're smiling, kind of joint arms, going to get some pizza, brother and sister happy.
1: But they also have the like the like five minute like diss off
0: Oh, that is here too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah I didn't write down or pull any clips of it or anything but uh, there were some good ones in there
1: yeah it was good Uh,
0: back to the stoop Doug joins Malcolm on the stoop and tells Malcolm uh, hey man um, I'm not gonna joke on you if if you need help but just know if you do need help I mean we're here for you we can can help you out and uh, he's like can we be friends again And of course they agree they can be friends again Uh, then Kwanzie comes over
1: (laughs) He's ready. To
0: fight. Kwanzi is in a karate outfit, much like Julie in the last episode. And he's So like, hey, go
1: borrow that gi from the uh, from the getting by set.
0: Yeah, he's ready to beat up Malcolm because Malcolm is taking his girl. He's there to fight Malcolm, and they tell him Sharon dumped him. Uh Malcolm and Sharon are done. Uh Reggie's the one that you need to go after, though. And uh, then he like <laughs> you see reggie kind of like walk up the sidewalk uh Kwanzy gets in like a fighting position and then runs for like this flying kick and reggie just kind of sidesteps Kwanzi misses flies off the screen and that's the end of the episode
1: this was a good little gimmick because he executed on this flying kick really well Yeah, it, and, and it looked really it looked really good it was it was cute it was cute I also i just want to say i don't know why doug would think that malcolm would ask him for help that what's doug gonna do doug barely knows what's going on in high school anyways
0: yeah probably not the best algebra 2 tutor
1: reggie maybe but not not Doug. yeah
0: um all right so this is the time of the show where we rank them our favorites personally from last to first i have mine ready to go you want me to go first go ahead um, the show that I can't even remember if it's getting by or going by. Uh, oh, no, that's in first. Wrong way. Step I by step. Say, I don't, that, doesn't,
1: that doesn't sound right to me. Step Go by
0: ahead. step. Number four. Not a whole lot going on. Family Matters. I have it three where I live at two and getting by at number one.
1: I am 100 percent with you on this. Hey. I I thought it was a fairly strong week for the most part. It was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm right there. Make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFcast. Uh, thanks once again to Duke for the theme song this week.
1: Thanks, Duke. Appreciate
0: TGIFcast it. at gmail.com if you want to email us anything, including your own version of the theme song, which we will play on this show. And uh, we'll be back next week, I believe, with another full week, right?
1: Yeah. So another full week. Uh, Family Matters, Season 4, Episode 23. Step by Step, Season 2, Episode 23. Getting by, Season 1, Episode 10. And unfortunately, the last episode of Where I Live, Where I Live, season one, episode eleven. That's the last episode that aired on TGIF. There were episodes that were picked up later that aired at different times. Um kind of talked about before. Both evidently Bill Cosby was a big fan of the show mm-hmm. and stepped in when they were facing cancellation and helped bring them back for another season. But, Where does it come back? Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I want to say Tuesday.
0: So same channel, just a different time store. Yeah, day.
1: still ABC, okay. I believe. Um but next week is the last TGIF episode of um, of where I live.
0: So. so, if you've been enjoying it and you like it, it's it's available online, right? Like people can find them on YouTube.
1: Um, uh, honestly, I, I I do know that there are some on YouTube. I don't know how if you're gonna okay. get the full the full second season, but there there are some more beyond beyond us on on YouTube. So,
0: gotcha, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, TGIF finale next week.
1: Yeah, I am too. Um. I did want to also mention. I know we have kind of a back and forth love hate relationship with '90s Con, but they're doing. They started announcing stuff for Tampa. They've already announced like the full gate, like a big Boy Meets World reunion. Of course, minus uh, you know Ben Ben Savage, the probably most important person. Um, and they just announced Sabrina today. Little Sabrina reunion. They do Sabrina every time, but so far it's two for two on the uh, TGIF.
0: I need some step by step, and I will be there.
1: Step by step will be the the clincher. If they do a step by step reunion. I would I'm I'm in I'm down they did a little
0: giveaway the other day did they announce what the answer of the giveaway was? yeah
1: so they 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 were tricky because so it was two ladies two women that were I guess from 90s Todd, and they were standing in front of a huge group of steps so everyone was like it's got to be step by step it's got to be step by step well what I think a lot of people missed some people got it but a lot of people missed was that one of the women's hats was like I'm a witch or something like that or there's a witch here and that that was the clue for Sabrina the Teenage Witch
0: that's what they were going for
1: that's what they were going for
0: all right 90s con so, do us a favor get the step-by-step people step-by-step
1: step would sell me you know a good perfect strangers reunion would probably get go a long way um but definitely a step-by-step reunion for sure
0: step-by-step step, i'm there that's all i'm saying yeah
1: no i'm with you i hear you That that would that alone would be a clincher for me so all right that's all i got that's it all right man have a good week steve
0: you got it dude
1: it's friday night And the moon
0: is bright Gonna have some fun So you eyes down DGIF TBA Podcast